This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Strapp. It is Friday, March 5th. We have arrived at the NBA All-Star break, essentially the halfway point of this season and today we're going to have some recent takeaways some big picture first half takeaways we'll talk about some of the biggest busts fantasy mvp some very surprising recent trends we've noticed lately and more all that coming up in just a second justin and so good thousands of summer deals at your nordstrom rack store save up to 60 percent on new arrivals from vince rag and bone adidas joe's mark jacobs and more Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Right now, I'm joined by Steve Alexander. Steve, what is cooking? Well, Matt, uh, I was working for Roto World on Wednesday. Were you working oh, for Roto World Matt. or were you working for... Matt. Well, that's what my shirt says. That's true. That I was working for NBC. I was working for NBC Sports Edge. The Edge. I was working for the Edge. You were on the Edge. I was on the edge of my seat, watching TJ McConnell rack up nine steals in the first half alone of that Pacer game, and then it looked like the Pacers might lose the game. And then, you know, we were all kind of hoping that TJ McConnell would get that tenth steal to give himself a steals triple double, which I think has only been done six times in NBA history. And with one minute and four seconds left in the game, he got that steal, sealed the win for the Pacers. And it was just cool. Um, I remember a long time ago when I was first getting started, Akeem Olajuwon had a triple double with blocks and it, it sort of blew my mind. And this was, I guess, sort of the first time in a long time I've felt like something really, really cool was happening with fantasy significance. And it was TJ McConnell. Uh, I, you know, I think that the phrase I'm old enough to remember when gets thrown, thrown around a little bit, but I am old enough to remember when Kendall Gill, I believe with the Nets had some crazy steal numbers and I had him in a fantasy lineup. One of those games, I was trying to check back and find it. I he think, holds the record. He holds the NBA record for steals in a game with 12. Right, but I don't. do you know what year that was? 1990-something. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, 
yeah, Kendall Gill got a lot of steals a few times. And one of those times he was in he was in one of my fantasy lines, but I don't think it was that 12-steal game. And literally nobody cares about this other than me. So, yeah, TJ McConnell has really been just an astonishing first-half surprise. What did he end up with in that game? 16 points, 13 dimes, 10 steals, and a block? And he shot 8 of 8 from the floor. Also, the sixth player in NBA history to shoot 100% from the floor and have a triple-double. You know, remember the whole stretch where he didn't score, hit double digits for his, his first 21 games, I think. Now he's done it four times in his last 10, I believe, including 16, yes. 17 recently, 19. He's a scoring machine now. TJ McConnell came into that game uh, number two in the league in steals. And I did not check this morning if he moved up to number one, but he may have. I mean, legitimately, his last 10 games heading into the break, he, he heads into the break on a run of 10.6 points, 4.6 rebounds, 7.2 dimes, 2.6 steals, 0.8 blocks over last his last 10 games. You know, if we see Karis LeVert back on the court, that could put a dent in McConnell. But to borrow a phrase I recently heard Pat Darty use on the football podcast, feels like TJ McConnell has achieved exit velocity. It feels like this car is not going back into the garage. I don't just see, after what he's done for the Pacers, them suddenly just making him a 15-minute-a-game guy. We may not see once we have LeVert back, you know, these he's played 46 minutes the other day. He played 36 the last game before the break. We may not see that, but McConnell has shown he can contribute with minutes in the 20s. And I think his fantasy value, fingers crossed, is here to stay. He is also the number one steals guy in the NBA right now at 2.0 steals per game. You care to guess? Well, you're not going to be able to guess. But let me tell you who else is in the top five. Nikola Jokic is tied at three with Fred Van Vliet at 1.7 steals per game. And number five in the NBA in steals this season, LaMelo Ball. Wow. Incredible. The the Jokic one is surprising. Van Vliet was kind of a steals, big steals guy last year. I think he averaged 1.9. So you know who had a few steals on Wednesday night as well, Steve? That would be Dennis Smith Jr. Mm. He and Mason Plumley. <laughs> Both triple doubled on the same night. If I if I read our blurb correctly, it was the second time two Pistons teammates had triple doubled in the same game. The first time since 1964, I think. And DSJ has just been on a pretty nice run heading into the break. Last five for him. He's just under 12 points, around five boards, just under six assists, two steals per game, 0.8 blocks, 1.63s. He's shooting it respectably. I mean... I know that every blurb we have on the site is basically like, oh, well, when Killian Hayes and DeLon Wright are back, you know, DSJ is going to go away. First of all, can we stop with Killian Hayes? Can we stop for now? Acting like he had done anything to suggest that he's going to come back and crush anyone's fantasy value. Right? Yeah, I like that. I haven't written Killian Hayes' name uh, in a while. So I'm not the guilty party. I'd probably look to blame Jared Johnson for that. Uh, maybe some Jonas, but it is not me. The funny thing about last night is I, I had, Jared had the Pistons-Raptors game. And that box score for that game is just slam full of crazy, crazy, craziness. Magruder, Magruber showed up last night, scored 20 points out of nowhere. Saban Lee had a bounce back game, 20.7 assists. Dennis Smith Jr. triple doubles while shooting three of nine from the floor. Like, 
well, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. And then the game that I had to coincide with that one was the Mavericks and Oklahoma City Thunder. And you can take that box score and throw it in a in a dumpster and set it on fire because it was it was absolutely horrific from a real and from a fantasy standpoint. Like it was so bad. There was hardly anything to, to even write about. But that Pistons box score last night is one of the outliers in box score history. It, it's just amazing. I love it. I could look at it all day. But I'm not going to call. I'm not going to look at Dennis Smith Jr.'s performance and just take it with a total grain of salt and just totally throw it aside because this is obviously a guy who went really early in the draft. We've seen him produce before. He's just 23 years old. I mean, we had all decided he was a bust, including me. But the change of scenery thing can be very real sometimes, and it's clearly working for him right now. And I guess all I'm saying is if I picked him up anywhere, which I did, I'm not going to drop him yet preemptively, just be like, all right, he's done now. DeLon Wright's going to be back in a minute. He's done. I want to see what happens. I'm, I'm going to give it a few games after the break to at least see if Dennis Smith remains there making an impact, because I do think it's possible. Yeah, I picked him up uh, Wednesday night after he went off. I picked him up in two leagues, and... I mean, I'm going to plug him into those lineups and see what happens and wait, you know, wait until the wheels fall off, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Steve, when you and I were kind of going back and forth about what we were going to talk about on this show, I believe you sent me a text that said, I'm going to talk about Dean Wade. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, tell me more. Tell me more. You know, it's funny. On every Monday, I get up early and sit down and write out these, these video scripts. And so when you're Looking through your team in Yahoo, if you see a little play button next to a guy's name, you hit that. And sometimes this face will pop up and tell you uh, about that player and what's going on and what I think about him. Well, we were doing this last Monday, and I told our producer, Stephen, that, that I was going to talk about Dean Wade. He's like, D-, D. Wade? Like, he retired. I'm like, no, Dean. Dean Wade. He's like... Who he play for? It was like Dean Wade. Like, are you seriously going to talk about a guy named Dean Wade? Uh, most people up until 10 days ago literally had never heard of. But Dean Wade is the last man standing who is available to play power forward for the Cleveland Cavaliers as Larry Nance is hurt and out for a while. We know Andre Drummond is completely out of the picture. Kevin Love uh, is on the back of a milk carton somewhere, although they do tell me that he is going to play at some point. Anyway, Dean Wade has steadily gotten better each game. He hit six of nine shots on Wednesday, five three-pointers, career-high five three-pointers, 17.6 boards a steal. He also blocks shots. He can hit a three, and, you know, he's not a guy— I still haven't run out there and picked him up, but I have been plugging him in the DFS lineups— and if you had Dean Wade, Dennis Smith Jr., TJ McConnell, and Mason Plumley in your DFS lineup, you got it done on Wednesday. Do you have any chance that you might start to think about, not that you're going to win the Luka Doncic free throw bet, but might you start to think about a Dean Wade jersey as a possibility? No. <laughs> Just flat out no. Okay, I respect that. I respect not, that. not happening. Not going to Not happen. happening yet. But I do consider myself the president of the Dean Wade fan club, at least in fantasy, fantasy land outside of Cleveland. I, I've been on the Dean Wade wagon for about two weeks now. I think that does make you the president. That's about what it takes. 
Um, one more name I want to talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I can't. Say I can't what you're going to say. No. Gonna... Go. Were you going to say you're also a client? Is that what yeah. you're going to say? Something like that. Is that. <laughs> The, the last thing I want to talk about before we get to some first half honors is I feel like people are very excited about Nick Claxton as a recent guy who's showing some signs uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, despite only playing about 15 minutes per game over his last four, he's averaging 11 points, four boards, 1.3 steals, 1.5 blocks. He scored 10, 17, and 16 in his last four. He had a four-steal, two-block game. That was in a 37-point win, so we have to take that with a grain of salt. But he has, you know, scored 17 and 16 in the Nets' last two games. I see I see him kind of flying off waiver wires in my leagues. He feels like the next guy who people are hoping can suddenly find big minutes. I'm not sure that I really can see why or how the Nets would kind of suddenly go away from DeAndre Jordan when their formula is definitely working. So I'm not really convinced. It feels more like something we want to happen than something w- that will happen. But then again, I'm just the, I'm the guy who just said, I think Dennis Smith Jr. could have fantasy value coming out of the All-Star break. So I, I don't know if I would take anything I'm saying seriously right now. Well, you're also the guy that has said uh, with a grain of salt at least twice, if not three times during this podcast. So you've got that going for you too. Listen, I'm trying to go with a theme here. It's a salt-themed episode. <laughs> I'm not uh, that Nick, far off from my breakfast, which was a bit salty. Nick Claxton's hair in his photo on the ESPN website is amazing. I love his hair. Um, his hair in real life is is very blonde. Is that what you are talking yeah. about? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's not just in his photo. In real life, it's that way as well. <laughs> uh, he went to Georgia, second-round pick. First pick of the second round. And the crazy thing about Claxton is he's doing this. If you look at his stat line, it's it's pretty nice. Like the last three or four games, he's been really good. And he's doing it in like between 15 and 17 minutes a night. So I think I wrote in his blurb, you know, like the Time Lord and like Boban Marjanovic. Like this guy has the potential to be a per-minute. Well, he is a per-minute beast. He's just not getting minutes. So... If he can somehow get those minutes, if he can get 20 minutes a night in Brooklyn, he could really go off. But, you know, the Nets are 24 and 13. They're locked into the playoffs. Maybe at some point the second half, they're going to start rotating some of their veterans out of the lineup and put some young guys in. Maybe Claxton can, can break out. But, you know, I have trouble rostering any guy who plays 17 minutes a night like that's really hard to do having said that i've got uh robert williams the time lord on like four teams so well the one thing i'll say about my previous nick claxton comments is i think you can take them with a grain of salt just in this in this regard (laughs) almost almost got you to spell your lemonade there man we are close we were so close We were so close. I, I almost had it. What is our grain of salt count out count at now? Are we at three or four? I've I've lost track. I've lost track. But here's the thing. He has only played five games this season, and like three of them kind of jump out at you a little bit. So I will say he is there a path to him getting minutes in the low twenties? Probably. So I understand why people have picked him up. I get it. I can see him as a, as a very worthwhile stash, especially in deeper leagues. I think there is some intrigue here. So I do like it. I just, I'm not totally sold yet. There's a lot of guys out there 
like him right now. And, and I feel like if you need a center for your team, you can find a serviceable one off the waiver wire. Like Justin Patton is suddenly relevant. Now Christian Wood's going to come back and, and probably derail his train. But he's been pretty good. Robert Williams was available in a lot of leagues. Claxton's available in almost every league. And I just feel like um, big men are not as hard to find right now as they will, they have been in the past. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If you find yourself overwhelmed trying to manage your fantasy squads or put together a coherent sentence, check out our all-new NBA League Sync tool, our all-new League Sync tool. It pulls in all of your team and league info from Yahoo to tell you the best players on waivers, who to start, who to sit, and a whole lot more. You can get access to League Sync, our DFS tools, and our betting tools by going to edge-plus.nbcsports.com. Enter the code STU10 for 10% off any subscription. All right, Steve, before we depart here, let's quickly hand out a few first half awards let's start with the big one fantasy mvp give me yours first and then i'll hit you with mine i am going to go with one nikola Jokic, and i feel like you and i are maybe a little responsible for what he's doing this season uh we always have said well we said it once if only we could get playoff or mid-season Jokic to start the season what could he do? And I now we're seeing what he can do. And I I don't even have his numbers pulled up in front of me. But, I mean, he's just every single night the guy is hitting threes, blocking shots, stealing the ball, double-doubling, triple-doubling. He's a great passer. And, and to me, he's he's so such a complete basketball player. And I'm not sure he gets as much love as he even deserves. But I did not draft Jokic anywhere this year, and that really – kind of bums me out. And to me, uh, while I was all in on Luca, guys like Drew Dinkmeyer were sitting behind me, smiling and laughing and just waiting for Jokic to fall into their hands. He's been awesome. He has been awesome. And I think he's the the consensus choice for fantasy MVP. I'm going to, since you just took Jokic, I'm going to go with the guy who's right behind him in the nine category rankings, according, of course, to basketballmonster.com. And that is Joel Embiid. And this is not a guy I was playing to draft anywhere. I didn't draft him anywhere, but based on his first half performance, it's been MVP caliber in real life and in fantasy. And obviously the concern with Embiid was the missed games. He only missed 
six in the first half, and they're all isolated. No, didn't miss any consecutive games. So he's been an absolute monster. He goes into the break. Let's see, his last run of games before the break, averaging just under 32 points per game, 14 boards, four and a half assists, nearly two blocks. I mean, he is doing everything, averaging 30 and 12 per game with a bunch of steals, blocks, and threes. You talked about people laughing when they got Jokic. I think some people were laughing when they got Embiid at a certain ADP because he has absolutely more than crushed that. Well, and the thing of it, I, Jokic, uh, there was nothing there that should have scared people away from Jokic other than his slow starts. Like there was, there's no injury concerns. There's no rest concerns with him. He just goes out there and does it every night. And Bede, like people like me are scared to death to draft Joel Embiid because of the injury risk. And you just don't know what's going to be next. And, you know, give him some props because he took a really hard fall on his back earlier this season. I think only missed one or two games maybe with a, with with some lingering issues from that. But I think he stayed in that game and kept playing. Wednesday night with the game on the line, Philly down three, he pulled a Luka and like turned around and ran towards the three-point line and did his step back and hit a three to tie the game, send it to overtime. And, yeah, I mean, props to Embiid. He, he's playing angry, and he is unstoppable. All right, Steve, let's look at our biggest bust. I'll start this one. I'm going to go with a guy I was actually concerned about coming into the season, and that is Andre Drummond. I was worried about him being on the Cavs on the last year of his contract and something weird happening before the trade deadline. And it happened even earlier than I thought it would, where Drummond is now sitting out. He's not playing. He was drafted on average 35th in Yahoo leagues. I believe he would be the 92nd overall player on a per game basis. And that's if he was playing right now. So a lot of turnovers when he was playing, a lot of missed free throws, the other stuff you expect from Drummond, but add it all up. And to me, you just have a guy who is probably not on a lot of winning fantasy rosters right now. <laughs> I think that's probably accurate. And, you know, I've always kind of stayed away from Drummond just because of the, the free throw issue. Um, so I didn't take a Drummond hit anywhere. Plus, like you said, man, there was just a weird, bad vibe. You know, last season when he was playing for Cleveland – it didn't feel right. Like something felt a little off. Like how long is this going to really last? And then going into this season in Cleveland, I mean, it just had red flags written all over it. I didn't take him anywhere. If I would have, I'd, I would have been, uh, I'd be pretty upset right now. So those of you who drafted him, I'm sorry that, uh, that this happened to you. It's sad. Who's your biggest bust so far, Steve? You know, I had trouble coming up with a true bust because we had guys like uh, Bob Covington and Kelly Oubre early on that were trajectory-wise on track to be huge busts. They got it turned around just like just like I knew they would. But, uh, you know, I've kicked around DeAndre Ayton, who has been pretty rough. Uh, ja Morant has not really taking, taken that step forward that we thought he might. He's still just kind of doing what he did last year. He needs to to build on his game a little bit. I'm going to go with the guy that had an ADP of 52, which is also roughly his age. Uh, hat tip to Matt Strout for that joke. LaMarcus Aldridge. Man, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he going to do anything when he plays? Is he going to play 15 minutes? Is he 
I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is someone I never would have drafted to begin with. But at least if I've got DeAndre Ayton or Ja Morant on my team, at least I know I can throw those guys out there and they're going to put up numbers. You know, having LaMarcus Aldridge on your team, it's frightening. It's like having, I don't even, I don't know what it's like, but it's not fun. Well, and LaMarcus Aldridge pulled a real fake out last season because he averaged career highs in three-pointers made and blocks per game. I think 1.23s and 1.6 blocks, both career highs. And we're in an era where, yes, we do proceed some over 30 players with caution, but we also see some who continue to post excellent fantasy numbers in their mid-30s, LeBron, Kyle Lowry, etc. So I can see why people drafted Aldridge this season. He wasn't a total stay away from me. He wasn't a huge priority either, but... I mean, it was a pump, major pump fake last season because he did not look like a guy who was approaching the statistical cliff. Yeah, maybe. I, I felt like last year there were a lot of smoke and, and mirrors involved in that in that trick that he pulled off. I didn't even consider ever drafting LaMarcus Aldridge this year or last year for that matter. So last year when everybody was laughing all the way to the bank with him when he was balling out, I was sort of like, oh, that that's sad for me. I missed out on on LaMarcus, but I'm getting paid back this year, I guess. Well, Steve, it's pretty much your policy. I mean, let's not act like this is a surprise. You don't really draft San Antonio Spurs, so. Well, add in the factor that he plays for the Spurs and Greg Popovich, and he's 52 years old. It's got a, it's got writing all over it that this is not a Dr. A situation. I love that you just checked your notes for his fake age. I think you just looked down at your notes to confirm Lamarcus Aldridge's fake age. Well, I'd hate well to done. get his. I'd hate to get his fake age wrong. That's true. That's true. I, I mean, I we strive. That. We strive for accuracy and perfection here at the Roundball Stew, and that's what I try to do. I appreciate that. As if you've heard, there are <laughs> construction noises happening in my house. I was my say, house is being torn down around me. You have a whale in your basement. <laughs> All right, well, my house is being torn down around me, so let's just finish up this real quick. Quickly, biggest regret, I'll go first. My biggest regret is very simple. In a number of leagues, I took Ricky Rubio, whose ADP is right around that of Jeremy Grant. We know what's happened with both players. I, I not over it. I have not been able to bring myself to double-check the actual draft draft list in those respective leagues to see if Grant was actually there when I took Rubio. At some point, I will I will do that. For now, though, I'm just going to kick myself for uh, not being very smart in that case. Steve, what's yours? Well, you know, Ricky Rubio had 20 points and nine dimes on Wednesday night. So that is encouraging, right? Like, you got to feel good about that. Yeah, but I dropped him everywhere a long time ago before D'Angelo Russell was out for who knows how long. Oh, you already, you had already. I moved on. It was too annoying to look at him on my bench, putting up, you know, five points and three assists in 18 minutes. I'd had enough. Yeah. It was therapeutic for me to drop him, and I have no regrets about it. You know, Chris Finch, the the new head coach in Minnesota, has has gotten off to an interesting start there. And he was so mad after that game on Wednesday night. He said, told his team that there's going to be a new reality coming after the All-Star break and that the team's effort was unacceptable and he played Jared Vanderbilt 16 minutes in that game. Ricky Rubio had a great game but only played 24 minutes and I feel like this guy is angry. Uh, The Wolves have lost nine in a row and 13 of their last 14. They've won 
what was that number I gave you on Carl Anthony Towns last week? Like four and 29 in his last 33 games or something crazy. Like there's a new sheriff in town. He's not happy. So things are getting getting ready to get shaken up in Minnesota. And I don't really know what it means. And then if you look at uh, Anthony Edwards shooting over his past eight games, he's like eight for 23, eight for 22, seven for 20. It's just night after night after night of just chucking bricks what a mess, and I don't know how you got me onto that Minnesota rampage that I just went on, but but there it is. My guy, my biggest regret, I have two of them, and we've talked about both of them already, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. I'm kind of bummed I did not draft Nikola Jokic in a single league. I think I probably passed on him, I don't know, four, four or five times maybe, to take, you know, my guys. I wrote a column called My Guys. I draft, I draft my guys. Jokic was not on that list, and I kind of wish he was. So kind of bummed about that. And then also, um, you and I have kind of been on this TJ McConnell watch for a while. I I feel like we were privy to what was about to happen uh, before a lot of people were. And I've picked him up and dropped him so many times. I don't have him on any rosters right now, and that makes me sad after his steals triple-double on Wednesday night. Steve, I've... I've managed to shut down the drilling for the moment. So for anyone who is hearing my ho- the demolition of my home there during the podcast, I think we've got it on pause for a few minutes here as we finish. I just wanted to quickly circle back one second to that comment you cited from Timberwolves head coach Chris, Chris Finch that there's going to be a new reality after the break. I love that mindset of like, I'm just going to live in a different... I don't, if you guys want to come with me, we're going to be living in an alternate reality after the All-Star break. Like, we're just going to be better. I, is that he's just trying to like say it into being? I love that mindset, that completely unrealistic mindset of like things are going to be different. Why are things going to be different? What reason do you have to think that, sir? I think he, what he's saying is there's going to be a new reality that if you're not getting it done, you're not going to play. And I, I will play guys who don't play. I will play the kids. I don't care who you are. There's a new sheriff in town. And if you guys don't start playing right, you're going to see some different rotations, and we're gonna we're gonna change the, the. The thing is, Minnesota's been this way since they were a franchise in the NBA. Since Pooh Richardson got drafted, it has never changed. It as long as you know the owner doesn't change, I don't think anything is gonna change in Minnesota. But Chris Finch, who just got in town, is hopping mad and threatening his players with a new reality, and I think that is just. I feel like it's going to go spectacularly. Oh, what could go wrong with this approach? What could go wrong? I'm sure that the players are loving to hear it. It's got to be going great. Matt, your construction issues remind me a little bit of a movie that I I actually love this movie and I don't I didn't know about it till not that long ago, but it's called Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh. And it, it, yeah. this dude, what's his name? Walter, is that his name? The, the character, Will Ferrell's character, one day, is just sitting in his apartment watching TV. And this this bulldozer crane thing like comes through his wall and they start tearing apart his apartment. And he's like, what are you doing? I, I live here. What is going on? And they were actually supposed to tear down the apartment next door. Uh, but they got hit by mistake. And that reminds me a little bit of what's going on just outside your office right now. I'm going to have to go back and put in a disclaimer that there are spoilers for the film Stranger Than Fiction on this <laughs> podcast. I, that's the rare Will Fuller movie I have not seen. 
I have not seen it. And I'm going to go back and watch it now on your recommendations, Steve. It's great. I, I like it. It's it's a weird uh, kind of yeah. far out premise, but I like it a lot. I like it a lot. By the way, did I say Will Fuller? I think I said that's the real <laughs> Will Fuller movie. Will Fuller. <laughs> Thank you for not correcting me. I went back and replayed what I just said in my brain, and I said, I think I just referenced a wide receiver's, uh, an NFL wide receiver's collection of films. Will Fuller, Will Ferrell. Yeah, I, I think our uh, listeners will take that with a grain of salt. Oh, wow. Well done. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that signals the end of the show. Don't actually, forget to actually, subscribe. Actually, what? I got one... We have some very special guests coming up on future podcasts. We had Adam Schefter already. We've got big names in the hopper. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna tease it. I'm not gonna tell you who they are, but there's but don't some, tease it in case don't tease it in case they cancel. Yeah, there's some cool names coming on, and you guys are gonna like it. I don't know when we're gonna when we're gonna fit those in. We'll have to see. We'll have to look at that. But uh, anyway, there's yeah. good stuff coming down the pipeline. Good stuff coming down the pipeline. That's going to do it for us. Can I sign off now, Steve? Uh, you, you, you good? You, you may. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We will be back here on Monday to, I don't know, probably talk about some waiver wire picks. We may have a guest on that episode. Stay tuned for that. Thank you to all of you for listening. Steve, thanks for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.